We have all had patients with it, and it's frustrating for the patient and the provider. Recurrent bacterial vaginosis. BV is a common condition that affects almost one-third of women of childbearing age. In Caucasian women, it can be seen in 5-15% to of cases. And in African-American women, the reported prevalence has been as high as 45-55%. to Although the etiology of BV is still largely unclear, what is known about its etiology is that it causes a rise in pH, and it's usually considered a synergistic polymicrobial syndrome. This is characterized by depletion of lactobacilli species and an intense increase in vaginal anaerobic bacteria. These can include Gardnerella vaginalis, Provitella, and even Mycoplasma hominis. While there's been several reported and accepted treatments for recurrent BV, including weekly metronidazole therapy or even boric acid capsules, which remember, by the way, that boric acid capsules can be fatal if taken orally. So it's important to make the distinction that for recurrent BV, the boric acid treatments are indeed vaginal. Nonetheless, some patients may consider the concept of placing boric acid into the vagina as a no-go and favor other options. Well, does vitamin C in the vagina actually have a role here? Well, believe it or not, there is actually some pretty good evidence that vaginal ascorbic acid can actually keep BV away. So let's take a look at that data now. Before we address vitamin C for prevention, I know what you're thinking. Why don't we just treat the partners, whether male or female, of the patient affected as a way to reduce recurrence? Well, although BV is not officially considered a sexually transmitted infection, it does have some characteristics of an STI, and currently it's just considered a sexually associated condition. Effective management of treatable STI requires treatment of current sex partners to prevent reinfection. However, current treatment guidelines do not include treatment of partners of women with BV, despite epidemiological data that BV actually acts like an STI. There is an increasing body of evidence that partners of patients with BV, and again, these partners are both male and female, have the same type of microbiota in their genital area, and so transmission of the bacteria back and forth has very easily been documented. According to the body of evidence that BV is possibly acting like an STI is the concept and the data that shows that on the penis and the urethra of men, particularly men who have female partners with BV, there are BV-associated bacteria. A study of the genital microbiota in uncircumcised men from Uganda found that men with more diverse genital microbiota were more likely to be colonized with BV-associated bacteria and more likely to have female sexual partners with BV. Further, a cross-sectional study that compared the genital microbiota of monogamous heterosexual couples in the U.S. confirmed that the penile skin of male partners of women with BV is colonized with several of the same bacteria that are strongly associated with BV. 
This study also found that the penile microbiota of male partners were significantly more similar to the vaginal microbiota of their female sexual partners compared to those of non-partners. Heterosexual monogamous sexual partners also had been found to harbor the same strain of Gardnerella vaginalis. So these studies support the hypothesis that BV-associated bacteria are in fact exchanged during sexual intercourse. Remember, there is data that the use of condoms can actually help reduce the rate of recurrent BV. Well, that was talking about heterosexual couples, but what about in women who have sex with women? Well, a wealth of more recent epidemiological data has supported the exchange of vaginal bacterial species among WSW. Remember, that's women who have sex with women. Among monogamous female couples, vaginal gram stains have been found to be 95% concordant. In addition, genital lactobacilli strains, particularly L. crispatus, are shared between female sexual partners. Similarly, an investigation of Gardnerella vaginalis and that type of diversity found that the vaginal flora was concomitant among 87% of female couples. All right, data has in fact established that partners of women with BV, and again, these partners, remember, are both male and female, harbor the same type of bacteria that causes BV in the index patient. What about treatment of those partners? Partner treatment is not currently recommended, as we've already stated, for women with BV in the most recent CDC STI treatment guidelines. This guidance, however, is based on six studies that were conducted in the 1980s and the 1990s. No significant benefit from partner treatment with antibiotics was observed in five of these studies. Only one study by Mengel et al. in 1989 found benefits from partner treatment. Women whose male sexual partners were treated were significantly more likely to not have BV based on vaginal gram stain at two and five weeks and were more likely to report resolution in any of their BV symptoms at eight weeks. Now, although the results from these studies suggest little benefit is derived from treating male sexual partners of women with BV, all six studies actually, if you take a look at them individually, had methodological limitations. And many of the BV regimens used in those studies are actually now considered suboptimal. Three of these studies had substantial dropout rates, small treatment groups, or both. All six studies used only AMSO criteria for the diagnosis and did not include the more rigorous Nugent score for BV diagnosis or rule-out. Additionally, Mengel et al. presented results graphically and did not even state the effect size. So, despite the recommendation to not treat sexual partners, it's important to know where those studies came from and the fact that they were actually quite flawed. Well, what about newer data? Is data actually available that shows that it helps prevent recurrence when the partner is treated? The acceptability and tolerability of treating women and men for seven days with metronidazole twice daily plus 2% clindamycin cream topically to the penile skin of the men twice daily were assessed in a pilot study. Now, this study only had an N of 16, and this included women with recurrent BV and their regular male sexual partner. 
Well, this was completed in 2018, and it actually showed a decrease in the prevalence and abundance of BV-associated bacteria in the penile microbiota immediately following treatment. Now, there is actually an ongoing phase 3 double-blind placebo-controlled study randomizing male partners of women with recurrent BV to treatment with metronidazole 500mg BID for 7 days or placebo. And this is nearly coming to completion. And so results from this ongoing phase 3 study of male partners of women with recurrent BV will help determine whether male partner treatment can effectively reduce BV recurrence in women. Female partner treatment trials of women who have sex with women with recurrent BV are also needed because the truth is that information is lacking. Nonetheless, it is well known that less complex treatment regimens like the single dose of segnitazole 2 grams that was recently FDA approved for the treatment of BV can help adherence among both patients and partners. So in short, even though the CDC says that treatment of partners may not be effective, recognize that those original studies are now outdated. And it may be something to disclose to the patient and in terms of shared decision making can be offered to patients with recurrent BV who have the same sexual partner to treat that partner in an attempt to reduce recurrence. All right, now that we've addressed the issue of partner therapy, let's get back to our main focus here, which is the concept of vaginal ascorbic acid for prevention. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. BV is actually well known to cause recurrences. And according to the CDC, initial diagnoses of BV can be expected to have a recurrence in up to 30% of cases. BV has now been linked to the development of vaginal biofilms. Bacterial biofilms have recently been associated with other conditions that cause recalcitrant infections, including at other sites, E. coli, Helicobacter pylori, and of course, Pseudomonas aeruginosa. Well, the vaginal biofilm for BV enhances bacterial attachment to epithelial surfaces, allows bacteria to reach much higher concentrations than in luminal fluids, and prevents medication from actually reaching the bacteria. Vaginal vitamin C is available as silicon-coated tablets containing 250 milligrams of ascorbic acid. This formulation is able to release the vitamin over hours, allowing a statistically significant vaginal pH lowering effect. The efficacy of vaginal vitamin C in relieving BV signs and symptoms has been confirmed in two studies by Peterson et al., Moreover, Abasor et al. has shown that the efficacy of vaginal vitamin C in BV treatment is actually non-inferior to that of standard local metronidazole gel therapy. 
The main goal of BV therapy, and in particular of BV prevention, is to keep the vaginal pH at lower than 4.5 in order to prevent the overgrowth of pathogens until the normal lactobacilli are re-established and able to maintain the pH themselves. Anaerobes grow poorly at pH 4.5 or lower. The optimal pH for Provotella species and Gardnerella vaginalis growth is between 6 and 7. In vitro studies have shown that the concentration of these bacteria increase with increasing pH, but both are susceptible to low pH. An ideal way to manage recurrent BV would be to maintain the vaginal pH at 4.5 with a prophylactic treatment that is able to control the overgrowth of bacteria, yet is non-toxic. And so this is the interesting and the attractive option of vitamin C over boric acid. Well, let's review one study that showed that this was actually possible, and this was actually published in 2013, but it actually didn't get a lot of attention. This paper was actually a well-designed, randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled trial. So let's talk about that next. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're going to highlight two studies here, both RCTs, but with different design, that have shown the potential value of vitamin C vaginal installation as prophylaxis for recurrent BV. The first was from August 2013, and the second one that we'll address was actually from July of 2017. But first, according to the first publication from August of 2013, which was a randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled trial, the author sought to add more information and clarity on the use of vitamin C vaginal tablets as prophylaxis for recurrent bacterial vaginosis. This was a randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled, parallel group clinical trial. 142 women, after having been cured from a recent episode of BV by either metronidazole or clindamycin, were randomized to receive vitamin C or placebo as prophylaxis for six monthly cycles, starting within 24 hours of the determination of BV's, quote, cure, end quote. The patient supplied one vaginal tablet once a day for six consecutive days per month after menses. The rate of BV recurrence during the first three months was considerably lower in the vitamin C group at about 6% than in placebo, which was about 14%. Considering a six-month treatment period, the recurrence rate in the vitamin C group, which was 16%, that's 1-6-16%, was significantly lower with a p-value of 0.02 than in the group that had placebo, where the recurrence rate was 32%. Moreover, at the same time point, the survival analysis of Kaplan-Meier was significant in favor of the vitamin C group compared with the placebo. 
So that study showed that regular use of 250 milligrams ascorbic acid vaginal tablets on six days per month for six months after successful treatment of BV actually halved the risk of recurrence from 32% down to 16%. And once again, that p-value was significant. As for the second study, and again, there's been others, but these two are the most recent and were actually the better designed trials. In July of 2017, the article was titled, The Addition of Vitamin C Vaginal Tablets to Oral Metronidazole and Its Effects on the Treatment and Recurrence of BV. This was a randomized, triple-blind clinical trial. Again, this was a triple-blind, randomized clinical trial. The study was carried out from July 2015 to November 2015 on 160 women who were referred to a gynecological clinic with a diagnosis of bacteriovaginosis. They randomized into intervention and control groups. The intervention group received 500 milligrams of oral metronidazone tablets twice a day, along with 250 milligrams vitamin C vaginal tablets for seven days. And the control group received the same dose of oral metronidazole along with placebo for seven days. AMSOL and Nugent criteria were analyzed prior and at 10 and 30 days after treatment. The cure rate based on AMSOL and Nugent criteria was 85% in the intervention group and 52% in the control group on day 10 and 87% in the intervention group and 41% in the control group on day 30. So what the authors concluded was that, according to these results, it seemed that the true drug treatment of BV with oral metronidazole and vitamin C vaginal tablets was significantly more effective than single drug treatment of BV of oral metronidazone alone. Additionally, not only was this effective in the short term, but again, out to 30 days after initial therapy. Oh, I know what you're thinking. Well, wait a minute. We need much more data. We need larger RCTs with larger study populations. Totally true. However, I think it's interesting that two RCTs from 2013 and 2017 actually showed benefit of acidification of the vagina with a relatively safe option, vitamin C. Remember, vitamin C inside the vagina may seem more appealing to a patient than boric acid capsules. Yes, the CDC has not yet endorsed vitamin C vaginally as a way to prevent BV, but there is some data there and we know that vitamin C ascorbic acid definitely does work to reduce the pH of the vaginal area. Additionally, the treatment did not result in any adverse events in either trial. So even though more data is needed, there is some data, and it's something that can be shared with the patient as part of shared decision-making, especially when they're so frustrated and at their wit's end with recurrent proven bacterial vaginosis recurrence. Remember, even though the treatment of partners is somewhat controversial, there is better evidence than what the CDC originally used for their conclusions that treatment of partners, both male and female, actually may have a role. And don't forget to discuss condom use in these patients because condom use has been shown to also help reduce recurrence. 
recurrent BV. Man, what a pain in the... Well, let me rephrase that. What a bother in the vagina. (laughs) And it's a bother for both the patient and the provider because we get so frustrated because we feel that we just don't have any good options. Well, maybe there's vaginal vitamin C. I just thought this topic was interesting. Remember, the key words are shared decision-making. Thanks for being part of our podcast. We'll see you next time on another episode of Clinical Pearls.